Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov has got beef with the Big 12, even though it was the Big 10 that came in and raided his conference. Hey, we'll talk about what he had to say. We'll also talk some BYU football. BYU football players reporting for training camp beginning today. Yes, it is back, my friends. We got all that ahead on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making us here on Locked On Cougars, your first listen today. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto around these parts is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. By way of introduction, for those of you who may be checking us out, my name is Jake. I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK, but I moonlight over here as your host talking all things Cougar sports. So a big thank you for joining us here. All right. I spent a week up at the lake over the weekend. I'm the weekend. I guess I should say I didn't spend the week. Spent the weekend up at Bear Lake on the Utah Idaho border. Spent some time with family and friends because essentially it's the final hoorah. Today begins BYU. And for me, it begins football season. I'm covering games, practices, talking with people. This is the best time of year. I absolutely love it. It's also my most busy time of the year, but I cannot wait to be covering all things Cougars, and a big thank you for you guys checking out the show as you guys do every single day. Now, Friday was Pac-12 Media Day, and George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, took to the podium, and I would say in a word that he was pretty feisty, uh, standing up for his conference, saying that, hey, we're, we're stronger together, trying to air, uh, put out an air of confidence about the remaining 10 teams currently in the Pac-12. He also made the comment, that, well, if UCLA wants to come back, we'd leave the door open for them. I'm sure they'd open the door for USC as well. The, the thing right now with the Pac-12 is they know that they are vulnerable. It's similar to what the Big 12 was a year ago. Now, there was a very interesting story out there. I I was reading about all of this while I was up on the lake, uh, catching up after a day out on the water. But uh, the the biggest thing about Klyovkov says, we are bullish about the Pac-12's future and our future opportunities for long-term growth, stability, and success. He then added that our conference boasts 10 of the most iconic and innovative brands in all of sports, all-around excellence in academics and athletics, and a half dozen of the most valuable markets in this country. Then he went on the offensive going after the Big 12. With the respect to the Big 12 being, quote, open for business, Klyovkov said, I appreciate that. We haven't decided if we're going shopping there yet or not. So that's the thing about this. George Klyovkov, he is angry at the Big 12, despite the Big 10 being the conference that came in and scooped up the two most lucrative franchises, I guess I'd call it, the two most valuable brands in your conference. The Big 10 scooped them up, and you're the one that's lobbing insults at the Big 12? 
Okay, go right on ahead. He said this, I've spent four weeks trying to defend against grenades that have been lobbed in from every corner of the Big 12, trying to destabilize our remaining conference. And I understand why they are doing it. When you look at the relative media value between the two conferences, I get it. I get why they're scared. I get why they're trying to destabilize destabilize us, but I was just tired of that. He later said that no Pac-12 team is going to the Big 12. That's cute, George, that you think that. I I, I applaud you for saying that because you have to say that. Let's be Let's be frank. He's got to say something like that. But here's the thing. Any, and I mean any of those remaining 10 schools in the Pac-12, if they sense any shortage, uh, any sinking of the ship, I guess is what I should say, they are going to jump and find their best landing spot for them. If the Big Ten is truly not done, we heard Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, last week at their media day say that they are still going to potentially look at further expansion, but they are not necessarily all in on it right now. The biggest thing right now for the Pac-10 and for George Klyovkov is to kind of get those 10 schools remaining in the conference to coalesce around themselves and say, you know what, we're going to make a go of this as currently constituted. I don't blame the Big 12 and uh, the whole thing with uh, the the insults. He said the, the grenades, excuse me, the grenades being lobbied, lobbed from every corner of the Big 12 trying to destabilize the Pac-12. He says he's got plenty of messages from different people in the Big 12 saying, messages to uh, chancellors, university presidents, I'm sure athletic directors in the Pac-12 trying to essentially say, hey, consider jumping over here. He's trying to make sure that his job is intact. I completely get the whole uh, grounds of where George Klyovkov is coming from. But if you're like Brett Yormark, the new commissioner of the Big 12, who, by the way, we should officially say welcome to the Big 12 conference, Brett Yormark. He officially mans the post beginning today, August 1st, is the beginning officially of his run as Big 12 commissioner. So congratulations to him. But essentially, George Klyovkov kind of took the gloves off and is throwing haymakers over at the Big 12, despite the Big Ten being the brand, the the conference that came and essentially tore his conference apart. I, I, I don't know. I, I like I said, I get what George Klyovkov is trying to do. He's trying to make sure that the 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 Pac Ten, the Pac Twelve, I guess is what I should call it, the remaining ten schools in the Pac Twelve right now feel good about their opportunities. The biggest thing for all of this right now is we are still waiting on the final word of that exclusive negotiating rights window with ESPN and or Fox for the Pac-12. According to John Canzano, who covers a lot of stuff with the Pac-12 at the Bald Face Truth up there in uh, the Portland area, He said that that window closes later this week on August 4th. At that point, we'll probably have a better idea of what the media rights value is for the remaining 10 schools in the Pac-12. Obviously, if UCLA were to decide they wanted to return to the conference, according to Klyovkov, they'd be welcome back. And that would obviously add a little bit more to the coffers for the Pac-12. But I I, I do not get him being so, uh, I guess, straight up about, not straight up, being uh, so, I guess... fiery, feisty, uh, lobbing insults essentially at the Big 12 when it's really the Big 10's the one that you should be angry at. I I don't know. I I guess he's trying to make good with the Big 10 in case some of the other schools in that conference have said they want to jump to that conference and he wants to get a job with the Big 10? I I don't know. The biggest thing is if, if you're the Big 12, go all in. Brett Yormark said we're open for business. I actually love his comment. And the fact that George Klyovkov, well, I'm glad they said they're open for business. We haven't decided if we're going shopping there or not. You can say that all you want, but guess what? Your schools 
have waved, waved the, the, the finger, the no-no-no finger, the, the Dikembe Mutombo finger at many of these Big 12 schools for many, many years. They had a chance, speaking of the Pac-10, the Pac-12, whatever you want to call it, to destabilize the Big 12 last year. Carol Folt, the USC president, the university president of USC, she slowed down essentially uh, and forced the Pac-12 to abandon potential expansion last year. Well, what did she have up her sleeve? Well, she was going to vote for the Big 10. The, the biggest thing is the Pac-12, they've made their bed. They need to sleep in it. That's, that's the thing about it. You can go after the Big 12 over and over again as much as you want if you're George Klyovkov, but if any of these schools feel like the Big 12, and more importantly, like I say, let's say the Big 10, et cetera, if, those, if those, any of those schools think that the, their best option for their future is to jump ship and go somewhere else, what are you going to do to stop them? Nothing. That is what you're going to do. You're going to do nothing to stop it. So I respect Klyovkov for putting on a brave face and trying to say, hey, this is who we are. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna rally together. We're gonna we're gonna circle the wagons and we're gonna we're okay. Okay, that's great to say right now, but does it mean that they're gonna stick around long term? I don't know that they do. So I just it's interesting. Interesting comments from George Klyovkov. And uh, we'll continue to track all this obviously, make sure you guys are up to speed on everything with regards to conference realignment, but Sounds like there are some uneasy feelings out there in the Pac-10, the Pac-12. I don't even know what to call it. I'm going to call it the Pac-10 because there's only 10 schools remaining right now, beginning in 2024. But nonetheless, uh, very, very interesting times ahead. And if I'm Brett Yormark, that meme that our good friend Jeff Hansen keeps putting up there, that smile like the, yeah, I'm coming for you. Go for it. I'd love nothing more than for the Big 12 to go and destabilize the Pac-12 a year after the Pac-12 had a chance to essentially pick the uh, Big 12 apart. The Big 12 got up off the deck. Now it's their chance to land the knockout blow. Do not miss. Land it if you're capable. Uh, that's me. a message I would pass along to Brett Yormark. Go make yourselves the bully. Do not do not be passive. Don't pull a Pac-12 and sit on your hands. Go out there, be aggressive, push forward, and if you can bring in some of these schools, do it. That is my uh, recommendation for the Big 12. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll flip over to more of a BYU football focus. Like I said, training camp begins today. Players are reporting officially for training camp, picking up their gear, uh, checking out the new cleats, helmets, jerseys, all that stuff. It's a fun day, obviously. Media availability will be coming up later this week. But I want to talk about the four players I'm looking forward to most, using an old cliche as our framework for this conversation. We'll get to all of that here momentarily. First, though, a word on a friend over at LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you might need the right people to help your team to make your small business fire on all cylinders, and that is where LinkedIn Jobs comes in. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond with the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring so your network can help you find the right people to higher. This is why small businesses are rating, rating, excuse me, LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs is helping you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers are visiting LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. Uh, 
Let's talk a little BYU football, shall we? I had a very interesting idea uh, sent to us. Actually, I, I heard it, actually. I was listening to Locked On Florida State, Locked On Seminoles, covering the Florida State football program. And the guys over there, Max Moody among them, are very bright individuals. And they actually have very unique ideas when it comes to all this. I'm pulling this up right now to make sure I get the, the wording right. Uh, I wrote it down on my phone here. And they did a very interesting look ahead to fall camp. And they used the old wedding cliche. You're, you probably heard this. It's something something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. So those are, so those are the four parameters they used for this conversation. They related it to the Seminoles football program that by talking about four players looking forward to seeing in training camp for Florida State. I'm going to use that and talk about it on the BYU front as we get ready for uh, BYU football later this week. Like I said, I do not know exactly when our first media availability will be, but you can be assured I will be out there collecting sound, audio, video, We'll have it all for you guys. We'll have you covered top to bottom with BYU training camp in the upcoming season right here on Locked On Cougars. But the four players I want to talk about today, we'll start and go in order. We'll talk about something old or someone old, a returning veteran to the BYU football program. The guy I picked for this conversation is Jaron Hall. Very easy, low-hanging fruit pick here, but Jaron Hall is the crux. He is the cream. He is the guy that is going to make this BYU football season go. If he has the type of season that he expects to have and the BYU football hopes he has, BYU could absolutely be one of the top 15, if not top 10 teams in the entire country. The biggest thing for Jaron Hall is to prove that he is durable. He has never finished an entire season at BYU healthy. He missed the entirety of the 2020 season with a lower back slash hip injury that allowed allowed a guy like Zach Wilson to really flourish and obviously end up being the number two overall pick. A guy like Jaron Hall could end up being a high pick in the NFL draft next year if he has a good season this year. The biggest thing for him, though, is he only has really one season's worth of film under his belt. He played in relief of Zach Wilson before he got injured himself during 2019, completing 67.4% of his passes for 420 yards and one touchdown. Last year in 10 games, completing 63.9% of his passes for for 2,583 yards, 20 touchdowns against five interceptions. All those numbers, very, very good. The biggest thing is, as I said, it's pretty much only a full season's worth of film for him. In his career, he's also rushed for just under 500 yards total. He's got the ability to escape pressure with his feet. We've all seen that at multiple points during his BYU career. The biggest thing for Jaron Hall this year is to prove his durability. And if he truly is as good as we expect him to be, could he lead BYU to an 11-1 type of season? That's really the only way you can improve BYU as a whole, speaking of the team, because they went 10-3 and last year with Jaron Hall being their starter for the majority of the season. What can they accomplish with him there potentially for all 13 games? Only time will tell, and the hope is that you get to see him for all 13 games this season, if not more than that. Now, next in our conversation is something new, essentially a new player, a new rookie, etc., coming into the program. I'm going to go with the backfield running mate for Jaron Hall, and that is Christopher Brooks. Christopher Brooks is a phenomenal player during his time at Cal. The two seasons where he's kind of been uh, either the starter or part of the rotation at running back for the Bears, he's had very, very good numbers. In 2019, he had 208 carries for 914 yards, averaging 4.4 yards per 
per carry. Also had eight touchdowns that year. And then this past season for the Cal Bears, 116 attempts, 607 yards, and four touchdowns. So when he has gotten the ball consistently during his time at Cal, speaking of Brooks, he has been a very productive player. When he's not been given the requisite amount of attempts, his numbers have gone down. He had 148 yards in 2018, just one touchdown that season. During the pandemic shortened 2020 season, just 21 carries, 65 yards, and one touchdown there as well. So when he is in a rhythm, Christopher Brooks sure looks like he can be the guy for BYU if everything translates over from Cal. And that's what I really like about a guy like Christopher Brooks is he seems to be more than capable of being that bell cow back for BYU. He doesn't have to come in. Let's be very clear about this. He does not have to be Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier put BYU's offense on his back on more than one occasion last year. Jaron Hall had some of his shortcomings in certain games, and Tyler Algier made up for all of that on his way to uh, that 1,600-yard season. He was absolutely lights out. Does Christopher Brooks have to have a 1,600-yard season? No, he doesn't. If he has a 1,000-yard season, I think that's more than enough for what BYU expected him to be coming in. The biggest thing I would encourage Christopher Brooks to be your Chris Brooks, it depends on who you talk to, is I would tell him, go be yourself. Just go play your game. Don't worry about all the other noise out there about you replacing Tyler Algier, the other guys behind you, guys like Lopini Katoa, Miles Davis, Jackson McChesney, who obviously all want to see playing time in their own right. Just go out there, be yourself, and be the guy we brought you in to be. And if he goes out there and does that, I think it'll be a very, very productive marriage, uh, to use of that terminology, between Christopher Brooks and the BYU football program. The only thing I am hopeful that they're able to avoid with Christopher Brooks is a repeat of the Tyson Williams issue uh, during the 2019 season. Tyson Williams got off to a very, very good start for BYU, many of you recall. Then he tears that ACL against Washington and that was like game four and BYU just wasn't the same after he went down. As long as Christopher Brooks stays healthy, I think BYU is going to be a beneficiary of his talents and behind this offensive line, which I think is one of the best offensive lines of the 21st century for BYU, the 2000s era for BYU. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. He should have a very, very good season. And the good news is it's a much better offensive line than the one that uh, that Tyson Williams was playing behind when he got injured. All right, next on the conversation is uh, someone borrowed, a transfer coming into the program. I'm going to go with the Vanderbilt transfer, Gabe. Judy Lally coming into BYU has starting experience in the SEC with the Commodores across two different seasons. I believe he actually played also as a true freshman during 2019, but he's played parts of three seasons for the Vanderbilt Commodores. Very, very productive, all things considered. Had 50 tackles a year ago for uh, for for BYU, for Vanderbilt. uh, 35 of those solo. He has uh, pass breakups uh, across uh, both seasons of stats for him in 2020 and 2021, as well as one interception in each season as well. The Hope is that Gabe Judy Lally can come in and immediately compete for playing time, if not a starting job for the Cougars. I think he is going to be a huge part of the defensive backfield for BYU, and he's going to rotate heavily right off the bat. Because when you lose two of your guys that were in the rotation from BYU's last training camp, I'm speaking of Isaiah Heron as well as Keenan Ellis, both of them are now medically retired from playing football. You needed somebody to come in that already had experience playing, and Gabe Judy Lally's got more experience at the 
highest levels of football than pretty much anybody on BYU's roster. When you play in the SEC, I don't care that he played at Vanderbilt. Let me be very clear about this. When you have played in the SEC as he has, he has faced maybe the best talent in terms of wide receivers, tight ends, that type of stuff that he can see outside of playing in the NFL. That is the best football conference in America. I, I, the SEC, they, they back it up with their play on the field. Let me be very clear about that. And that's what I love about a guy like Gabe Judy Lally coming into BYU is that the, the, the situation, the bright lights, they won't, the, the stage will not be too big for a guy like Gabe Judy Lally. I think he is set up to have a lot of success for BYU. And if he has that type of success, he could be a multi-year starter for BYU. That is the crazy news about this. He's not a one-year transfer like we just talked about with Christopher Brooks. He could play multiple years for BYU, helping usher them into the Big 12 era. And that is a very welcome thing if you're BYU. Now, finally, someone blue coming off of an injury this year is as the fourth person we're going to talk about here. And that's the guy I wanted to point out was Keenan Peely. Now, you probably are saying there, well, what about Peyton Wilgar? What about Chaz Ayu, Jake? I picked Keenan Peely because early on last season for BYU, their defense was very, very good. If you just go by the points per game and the overall production for BYU's defense, as soon as Keenan Peely got hurt, and he got hurt in that Arizona State game for BYU, it seemed like the defense was never the same for BYU. I would like to think that one guy does not make an entire defense go but, man, you look at the stats for a guy like Keenan Peely, it sure looks like he might have been the engine that made BYU's defense really hum. And that's the crazy thing about this. Against Arizona in the season opener a year ago, he exploded with 17 total tackles in that game and one sack. Against Utah the following week, a 26-17 victory. He had seven tackles and half a sack in that game. And then when he got injured against Arizona State, he already had seven total tackles in that game. Six of them assisted in that game. And across those three games... Wins over Arizona, number 21, Utah, number 19, Arizona State. BYU gave up 16, 17, and 17 points. Those are the best uh, point outputs uh, in terms of opponents for BYU, uh, and they were absolutely phenomenal. And then Keenan Peely went down, and BYU's defense, it felt like, was never the same after that. So, if Keenan Peely truly is, like I said, the engine that makes BYU's defense go, getting, getting him back on the field this year, hopefully for an entire season, means that BYU's defense should be markedly better. I think BYU's defense, let me be very uh, upfront with you guys, should be better this year just simply due to having more experience across the board from any of these guys. But getting a, 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 an NFL caliber type talent and Keenan Peely back on the field, I think is going to help BYU's defense improve. And like I said, if the metrics bear out from the early part of last season across an entire season, well, Keenan Peely may just be that X factor that BYU's defense needs. Now, uh, something we're going to try and do here on the podcast daily Uh, We'll do it quite often, if not daily. I want to throw a question of the day at you guys. And I want you guys to comment on this. uh, Use social media to send it to us. You can do it via email. You can comment on YouTube if you want to drop us a note in the comment section below. Who is the player or the players? I'll give you a chance if you want to do multiple guys that you are most looking forward to seeing this year for BYU. It could be a guy like Keenan Peely, like we just talked about, a guy that you feel like could be that X factor for BYU's defense. Uh, it could just be a guy that you simply, as a fan, or he's the guy you love watching in a BYU uniform. Whoever it might be, drop us a note, uh, whether it's on social media with Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search out Locked On Cougars and follow us there. Drop us a note. Drop us a comment in the YouTube comments below this 
video, or you can email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address. Love to hear from you guys. I want to know who you are most looking forward to as a BYU fan, the player or the players you're most looking forward to seeing in a BYU uniform. We'll talk more about some of the answers on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. All right, coming up here in just a minute, Dan finish out to finish out today's show, excuse me, with some BYU basketball news. Uh, we have a new commitment to the BYU men's basketball program, a walk-on coming to BYU by way of the RSL Academy before that Spain, and ultimately, he is a Chinese national. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. First, though, a word on BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. And by the way, congratulations to Tony Finau, Utah's own, a guy that was a former commit to the BYU men's golf program, winning his back-to-back tournaments up there in the upper Midwest in Minnesota and then uh, yesterday in Detroit. Fantastic stuff from Tony Finau. So if you want to bet on that stuff, get over to betonline.net. They continue to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have got you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the action that's happening today. That's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. All right, before we go on today's show, some of you may have noticed I'm a little more red in the face, got a little sunburn at the lake this weekend. I also shaved the beard off. Uh, I... I was up at the lake and decided, you know what? It's time to shave it off. But apparently, uh, Mrs. Hatch wants it to come back. I don't know. So, I guess uh, I, along with some of the BYU football players, it seems to be an annual tradition. Uh, they like to grow their training camp mustaches. Actually, some of them keep them throughout the entire season. I guess I will be growing a training camp beard. So, starting off August, clean shaven. And I guess this will be the last time I'm shaving for a while if Mrs. Hatch has her way. So, kind of funny. I, I took it off thinking that she wanted me to take it off. And she said, no, you know what? I want you to grow that back out. So those of you who said I look good with those of you who said I looked good with a beard, uh, you're gonna get your wish. It's coming back. So give it a few weeks. But yeah, I, I decided to shave it off, and apparently that was a mistake. All right, before we go, let's actually get to some other news on BYU basketball front. Congratulations to Hao Dong, uh, who is officially committed to the BYU basketball program. He is a forward uh, swingman type coming to BYU by way of RSL's academy, Real Salt Lake, of course, the soccer uh, franchise here in Utah. Of Major League Soccer. They have a high school, a STEM academy that they sponsor both uh, soccer and men's basketball. Uh, and he is, uh, speaking of how Dong has committed to BYU as a walk on from the RSL Academy. He spent the last year with their postgraduate team, speaking of the RSL Academy. So he is an older prospect, I believe, uh, yeah, 20 years old, according to Robbie McCombs from Vanquish the Foe. Uh, Playing his postgraduate year with RSL's academy actually gave him an opportunity to play against JUCO programs, junior college programs. He had 25 points in a game against Western Wyoming, also had 15 points against Snow College. So this is a kid who's got some talent, folks. This is not a scrub that BYU's bringing in here. He spent much of his high school time in Spain playing the, playing and learning the game of basketball over there. He is six foot five or six foot six, depending on uh, which service you happen to look at. Uh, he's probably going to come in and play that swingman role for BYU. He's a low-risk, potential high-reward because he's a walk-on to BYU men's basketball program. They are not using a, a roster slot, a scholarship on him if he doesn't pan out because he's still very much a raw player. But he decided to forego the JUCO route and enroll to BYU. And the good news is I think a guy like Mark Pope can take some time and help him develop into a player. And if it works out that way, how Dung, like I said, is, is a, it's a 
it's a very low risk, but potential high reward. If you ultimately need to put him on scholarship at some point during his career, that means it worked out. It means that he was the player that you envisioned he might be able to become uh, when you scouted him. And I really like uh, the potential that he has here. He played for Real Betis uh, Balancestro from 2017 to 2021 on their under 16, under 18, and then also playing in Liga EBA, which is the fourth tier level of the Spanish basketball league system. I uh, also had a stand with Andalusia as a 16-year-old as well. So he has got some talent, folks. He averaged uh, 10.5 points, 4.3 rebounds, 1.2 assists for Real Betis during his final season in Spain. So I really like this pickup. I think this is an opportunity for Hao Dong to come in and really uh, continue to kind of hone his game, develop, and if he ultimately becomes a guy BYU can rely on, whether it's in the rotation or as a starter, that is a fantastic thing. Now, another guy that BYU has spent time developing and a guy that I really think could be a, a, as I bounce my table, apologize for that, a guy that I think could really be an impact player for BYU. BYU this year is a Tiki Aliatiki. He uh, was working out this past week for BYU. They're doing their off-season workouts and all that type of stuff. They did their annual combine testing last week. And according to uh, uh, Brandon Goble from Juco Advocate, the guy who actually uh, found a Tiki Aliatiki in Tanzania, a Tiki posted a 39-inch standing vertical and a 45-inch max vertical, which is the running jump. You actually can run and jump to get that max vertical during these combine tests. Uh, there was a video BYU put up of him trying to reached the top of the backboard and he finally did it. Uh, to put it in perspective how bonkers these numbers are, the max vertical would have been the third highest in NBA Combine history and then his vertical numbers would have been the best by several inches in the 2022 uh, Combine. The highest standing vert was 35.5 inches this past Combine. The highest max vert was 41.5 inches. So, that's the thing about Tiki Aliatiki. He has got all kinds of potential, folks. He is six foot ten, I think, is what they list him at at BYU. They may list him at six foot eleven. He's got a nine uh, foot, a two inch standing reach. He has played less. He had played less than thirty games of organized basketball in his life before coming to BYU. This is a kid, like I said, that's got all kinds of opportunity to really develop into something. And the hope is that a Tiki Aliatiki, at minimum this year, can be kind of that deterrent at the rim for opposing teams. He becomes that rim protector. Anything else he adds offensively, that type of stuff, is phenomenal. But if he can become that guy that's a rim protector for BYU and truly become their starting five that can just be uh, an impact guy on defense and then just chip in on offense, that's exactly what BYU needs because you have all kinds of offensive potential on this team for BYU. You need some guys who can lock down the opposing team and those numbers for Atiki Aliatiki, those are monster numbers and that should mean that he is a force at the rim. He can go up and meet anybody at whatever level they want to meet him at and hopefully he can block some shots along the way now final thing on the basketball front is we finally found out who BYU will open up play against in the battle for Atlantis uh, BYU is going to open up against USC down there in the Bahamas the battle for Atlantis is maybe the premier non-conference tournament out there they always get top teams. This year's field includes Kansas, NC State, Dayton, Wisconsin, Tennessee, and Butler alongside USC and BYU. So big opportunity for BYU in this tournament. These are all going to be quad one or quad two games at the very worst. These are the type of games that will make or break your NCAA tournament resume for BYU in their final season as a member of the West Coast Conference. USC is going to be reloading a little bit this year. Andy Enfield, their coach, uh, will have a big opportunity for BYU to get a big win there. They will play that game on November 23rd. It'll be the third game of the 
today, uh, playing at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. That'll be 3 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN2. Uh, when that game wraps up, the final game of the night, Tennessee and Butler, uh, BYU will face either Tennessee or Butler in that next round. So if you lose, you play the loser. If you win, you play the winner. You guys get what I'm talking about with this tournament format. But it's a big opportunity for BYU. USC was a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament last year. They lost their top player and leading scorer, Isaiah Mosley, Isaiah Mobley, excuse me, to the NBA, but returned other key contributors. So the nice part is BYU has an opportunity to pick up a big win to start off that tournament against a rebuilding or reloading USC team. It's a nice draw for BYU, if I'm being honest. You could have played a team like Kansas in that opening round. Uh, it'd be a little tougher if you're a BYU basketball fan. All right, so there you go. That is everything you need to know about BYU basketball and BYU football. Wrapped up in one, a full weekend of BYU sports. And the good news is it's football season, folks. It is go time. So weigh in on the question of the day. Which player or players are you most looking forward to seeing as a BYU fan this fall? Love to hear from you guys. We'll get some of those reactions on tomorrow's show. And a big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys now to make your second listen of the day. Our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors does an incredible job making sure you guys are up to speed on everything going on in the Big 12 Conference. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one on YouTube or in the regular podcast form as well. All right, that'll do it for us. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this slash watch it. Hope you all are doing well, and we'll be back with you guys again tomorrow. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.